Open Nesters podcast is a weekly podcast that explores new ways of living as our kids leave the nest. Now in season three, the podcast topics go deeper and wider in interviews with individuals, couples, and experts in areas ranging from relationships and families to adventure, spirituality, and sexuality. This week on the Open Nesters podcast, our friendship series continues with Joyce Saltman. Yes, I'm very pleased that Joyce Faltman is one of our guests on the Friendship Series in the Open Nesters podcast. Right. I know how much we both get a, such a kick out of her and have followed her as a speaker, and she's helped us as an author and a friend for so many years as a mentor in, in certain ways, public speaking and Absolutely. all that she does. So you are in for a treat. Yeah, in for a treat, and you know you, she is the guru of laughter, so... It's all done with humor, jokes, and great, great quotations. Welcome back to the Open Nesters podcast, my dear friend Joyce. Hi. Good morning, Tessa. It's always beautiful to see you. Well, I love talking to you, and I always have since the moment I met you because you're such an inspiring and funny and wonderful individual in my life as a mentor and friendship is definitely that. And and you know how to give people the lighter side of things. And I know friendship is a great topic for you. So Friendship so- is not only a great topic, it is the singularly most important thing in the world. You could live without a spouse. At some point in our lives, we learn to live without our parents. Sometimes in sad circumstances, we live without our siblings, which I have had to do since mine were much older and did pass away, but you cannot live without friends. I know. So that's what I'm so excited to talk to you from a new, uh, so many vantage points about because that's who you are. So since since I did want to call this eventually humor and friendship, which maybe I won't, because you said you're taking friendship seriously. We're not doing fun. We're not making fun of it. But you said you had a little... uh, I I have a number of very good quotes, but the one that I especially like, was a Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx said, when you're in jail, a good friend will be trying to bail you out. A best friend will be in the cell next to you saying, damn, that was fun. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That really, that appealed to me a lot, right? We had, I mean, there are a number of people who have said nice things about friendship that I, I count as humorous, not funny, but filled with warmth. Right, which is what friendship is. A good friendship is filled with warmth. Albert Hubbard said, a friend is someone who knows all about you and loves you just the same. And I would have to say that is certainly true for my friends because they put up with a lot of crap. Right. Right. So, so, so you, so you don't bring them to jail usually from what I know of you, but you definitely take people on, 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 on adventures of, of, of just pushing their limits in certain certain ways. I think I think you bring out a lot in people. So what do you feel like your contribution to friendships have been in your life? And then what, I would what do say you receive most? My you? contributions to friendship have been that I am a very loyal friend. I put the welfare of my friends above most things. I mean, needless to say, as a mother, if I had to run to do something right away, if it was my daughter, I would run there immediately. But if it's a friend, right after I finish with my daughter, 
I would be running to the friend's house. And so that's you feel like just showing up, which is what I've been talking about in a few of my episodes already. The, yes. the presence of showing up and sometimes, you know, with, with the pandemic, I think people realize a lot of stuff about friendship and how they felt isolated. If you want to touch on that at all. But what what comes to mind for you the most when you when you start thinking about this topic of friendship that I know you gave some thought to like you were talking. OK, well, what I think of first is how important it is to start the day with someone you love. And I put close friends are in the category of someone I love. I start every single morning, usually between 6.30 and 7 in the morning. I call my friend Connie, who is also an early riser. And I have by then done a whole lot of my emails, which is great. And I call Connie and I say, good morning, sunshine. And she says, good morning, wonderful, creative. And she gives me all kinds of fabulous adjectives. And I will say to her, what are you doing today that's fun? And we talk for about five minutes about what we did yesterday, what we're going to do today. And we, we tell each other, I love you, and hang up the phone and go on with our day. There is nothing better than starting a day with someone you love. And I have to say that on my list, I always had a list of 25 things I was looking for in a man. And first thing on the list was wakes up happy. Right? Well, now yeah. I, I'm waking up with someone who he doesn't he wakes up happy enough, but he doesn't wake up in time for me. <laughs> his, his natural clock, his internal clock wakes him at eight and I'm already in the den. So he will come in and say good morning to me and let me kiss him in this special place that I love on, on his neck on his way to the bathroom. So but I have to start with somebody very up and I start every morning with Connie. So so let's talk about this stage of life and why that's important, because were you able to do that when you were raising kids? I mean, to just to put it in the perspective of being a, at this stage of life, well, how do you see the shift? No. <laughs> no what? The answer is no. When I was raising kids, I was not getting up earlier in the morning in order to call up a friend. So I would say that friendships while we we're raising kids were mostly other people who were going through the same things I was going through. And did you stay in touch with them through high school raising kids? Actually, one of them, uh, one of them I am still friends with, and um, they live, they are 12 months a year in Florida. So we get to see them the six months a year that we're in Florida and they're in Florida. Uh, we did not stay in touch with the other people. And interestingly, I tend to think of some of my friends here in Florida when I describe to people what I call them friends. I say, yes, they are friends but they are situational friends. When I am here and we are going to activities together, we can share those things. We can have a good time. We can eat together. We can do a whole lot of things. But when I have a problem, I call my real friends. So real friends, is that based on, because I do, I'm really talking a lot about this term, you know, and I feel like all people come into our lives for some time, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Right. And certainly friendships do. But when you call somebody... I'm trying to unlabel that friends have to be one particular kind of thing. So you're you're kind of saying the same thing, but what does real friends mean to you? What does that mean? Well, the real friend, and I have many quotes about that, which I'm sure you will enjoy. A real friend, is, as it says over here, Marlene Dietrich said, it's the friends you can call up at 4 a.m. that matter. Right. So to me, a real friend is someone who, no matter what fabulous thing has happened, I can call and they will be excited for me. And no matter what tragic thing has happened, I can call them and they will cry with me. Those are the real friends. And does that have to do with 
how long you've known them? I mean, can you no. get, no. So, so explain, no, I, explain I that. It, yeah, go ahead. No, I don't think it has to do with how long you know them because I have a friend here in Florida who we were friends when we were nine and 10 in camp. And I love her and it's wonderful. We get together and we reminisce about camp sometimes and we can shop together, but we don't have, I mean, she is not married and does not have any children. I, we, there is not a lot that we share. She's a person who does a lot of plastic surgery all the time. We have very different values in those ways. So no, it does not have to do with how long you have known them. My closest friends, if I had to say a group of closest friends at this point, are my Thursday writing group. And we have only known each other for 13 years, which is not very long. And only half a year each year is not very long in the, you know, in the grand scheme of how long you can know somebody. But we have things in common and the writing group doesn't let in any outside people. And we share very intimate details of our lives much of the time, which is marvelous. So they would fall into that category of people who know you very well and love you anyway. Yes. So let's talk about how you did that, which was definitely at this stage of life, once your kids were older and helping people kind of with tips of how they can pursue uh, uh, their interest in order to find the groups that open that vulnerability and that real connection. Like, what do you think? How did you even decide to do that writing group? How did that come about? Well, we decided to do the writing group because we enjoyed writing. Are you so, all writers? Like you would call yourself writers? Or you well, no, we're not writers. None of us write professionally other than, you know, one of our members who writes the uh, theater critics for the newspapers. So she is a writer in that way, but it's an unpaid writer. So even that, you wouldn't term a writer because that's not her, that was not how she made a living, right? None of us write professionally in that way. We all write well, but it's a, you know, it's a skill that you hone. And sometimes we give each other suggestions on how to strengthen something that we have written. But some of us write poetry. Some of us write prose. Some of us write memoir kinds of stuff. Some of us write about political things, what's going on in the world. So, I mean, there's not any similarity in those ways. What is similar is, as an example, because we joined together as a writing group, when my husband died, they all came over and helped me move, right? Um, when we have had celebrations, we've gone to the person's house and made funny signs and all kinds of things to celebrate. We celebrate each other's birthdays. At a time that we had a birthday celebration outside during COVID, and one of my friends was very, very nervous about COVID and refused to come to any events whatsoever. And I will tell you, that while we were talking, we were out in the backyard of Betsy's house, and all of a sudden, everybody looks behind me, and there was my friend who was very nervous about being out during COVID, and she was carrying balloons. And I said, my God, Joanne, what are you doing here? I know you refuse to come out to anything. She said, well, she said, I couldn't miss your birthday. Okay? That is the sign of a really good friend who is willing to put her own comfort level below celebrating something special for you beautiful yeah. that's a perfect story i feel like the discomfort sometimes we feel in in stretching to be to show up more is a beautiful way to find a new aspect of ourselves so i do think that a new friend opens a door and a window with so much more light that it that you can witness yourself anew and i and that's what i feel like when i met you 
that we started doing actually just to recap that is that I was collecting for a book series for a publishing company that my husband and I had started, Amir and I had started because he's a serial entrepreneur and I always love people's stories. And I heard about Joyce through our own Jewish Federation as, and I actually heard her for her healing education, laughter and play amazing program. She runs through Southern Connecticut, which now is had like 40 years, but now not having happening anymore. Right, Joyce. But it was such a, 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 a revered program for people, for educators. And I was an educator to learn. And I remember her being the first inspirational speaker about making fun of things, about light, about making light of life, of, of where, where we can love, where we can elevate one another. And I reached out to her to just get some stories and just connect with her. I didn't even know have a re- reason. And here's, here's an interesting thing I believe about friendship, that when we don't have an agenda, but we have a feeling in our body, for somebody that we want to connect with, like when we act on that, it helps us open new doors of friendship, even not knowing where those doors will take us. So what would you say about I think, Tessa, the the statement that you made just now, you used the word, which to my mind is the singular, most important word there is, which is connect. And I think that people who are in marriages that are not well-connected Either they don't stay married or they are unhappily married for as many years as they're together. If you can't connect with your kids, chances are you'll talk to them once every how often, but you will not call them for things that are really meaningful in your life. That connection is what makes for really good friends. You feel connected. My friend Joanne has often said to me, she knew when she first met me that we had been together in a previous life. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't know so much about my previous lives, but I will say I was the first person in her life that she ever gave a gift of one of her stained glass pieces as a gift, having hardly known me, but she felt that connection right away. And it is on my window right here in Florida. So beautiful. Like what, so what do you feel like the gifts that you've received and how have you grown through all the different friendships you've had in your life? Like, what would you, how would you say that you've grown? Or, or, or if you'd like to refer to some quotes and then talk about those, what, what okay, are the things that come up one. for you right now? Here's one for people my age, because you're talking about, I am 79. And in another seven months, I'm going to be 80, which is, I can't believe at all, because I always thought of 80 as pretty old, but apparently it's not. Nope. But one person said, we will always be friends till we're old and senile. And then we'll be new friends. (laughs) I see frequently, I see people that I've known in the past and they'll say to me, you know, you look familiar. And these are people who work together on committees and they recognize that I look familiar, but they don't know who I am. And obviously these things happen. And just apropos of what happens when you're meeting people, one of the reasons that I view my, the gift that I was given, and I think we were all given gifts, okay? I was not given a gift to be good at any games, not cards, not tennis, not anything, right? I am not good at those things. When people meet me, they say, oh, Joyce, you want to play thus and such and so and so? I tell them I have no skills. (laughs) I do not have a skill of losing weight or staying slim or any of those things. Those are not in my collection of skills. The gift that I got from God is to help most situations lighten up. And having said that, I will tell you that over, I have 51 speaking engagements here in Florida for the six months that I'm here. 
which is a great thrill because I was doing two years on Zoom, which you get no feedback, you get no hugs, you get no people coming over. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I remember you from whenever it was. So this year I'm back to live. And so far I had one woman come over to me and say, you cannot imagine how much I needed this laugh. Now, I don't know what's going on in her life, but I can imagine that she needed it and she felt like she got it, which is why she came to tell me that. One woman came and told me, my husband died a few months ago. I thought I was never going to smile again. And she laughed because I was doing, you know, talking about funny things. So we don't ever know what is going on inside people we are talking to. I led a book discussion about somebody with autism. And one of the people said, I have a 26 year old son who lives with me who is on the autism spectrum disorder, right? We did not know that, and she's been living in this community. Another woman, unfortunately, has two grandchildren with Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is ultimately they're not going to have normal life expectancies, which I know from special ed. You know, I know when I had kids with MD, those were Jerry's kids. We had no idea that people, when they feel safe with you, they are willing to share parts of themselves which they would not publicly exclaim. And I think in terms of friendship, that is the most important aspect to friendship is that you are allowed to be vulnerable and not think that people are going to use that in some way as a weakness. So I, you know, there's nothing better than friends. I would not trade my friends for anything in the world. I feel the same. And this is why I knew I had to talk to you about friendship so, and actually, I wanted to ask you on the speaking circuit. I know that you met a one of your husbands on the speaking circuit. Have you met any friends that have come over and it's been a connection because you do so much of the of the speaking? Well, yeah, I've met a number of people, and in fact, one of them I just invited to join with a couple we had invited for dinner for tomorrow night. And I said, Myrna, why don't you come over? She's someone I'd like to be friends with. Whenever I see her, she makes me smile, and it's not necessarily what she's saying. She just has a very up countenance. When we can embrace people for what's on the inside and that connection that like you and I had, as you said, and that you are and that we do have with someone without much speaking, without and when you just invite them in. So we I do a lot of that in our home, as you know as well. I meet somebody brand new, or I meet somebody who who who's just moving to the community or that they just need a little extra warmth or love. Like we invite people in when we have a good feeling in our gut, in our heart about them. Right. And, and not enough people have that that some level of courage. And I always believe that at this stage of life, you just got to go for it. I mean, you know, what is it? What, what are we living for if we're not open to new relationships? I, I, I dislike when people say, oh, people don't make friends after 40. You're only just so ridiculous because friendships forbid. come from anywhere, right? Absolutely. I'd be remiss if I did not share this quote. And I have many others. But this was one from Anzavir Smith who said, friendship is a wildly underrated medication. And that really struck me because when you think about your friendship relationships, they are so incredibly healing. That's what they do. They are healing. Whereas a number of activities, going to a movie, playing cards, whatever people do, that is like putting a Band-Aid on the pain. But being with a friend can actually heal it so that it won't hurt anymore. But one of my favorite quotes that I want to share with you is there is nothing better than a friend unless it's a friend with chocolate. 
And that is another one of the things that I love. And I will tell you frequently, especially because I'm in all these senior you know, um, developments where the people are 55 and over, there are a lot of people who are not having desserts anymore. They are limiting their intake of sugar, salt. I mean, you know, 80 million things. People who had never heard of gluten in their lives are staying away from gluten in case that's going to make them healthier. I cannot tell you what goes on in these developments. It is unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, periodically, if I see somebody that I really like and they refuse to have desserts and we have like, you know, a dozen fabulous desserts, I will sometimes make this not so kind remark. You know, you're going to die anyway. And that's the that. bottom line. <laughs> if what you're doing with your life is to prevent dying, it is a stupid way to live. Right. If what we're doing is trying to prevent dying rather than living. So I love I love how you find the joy in all these little things. I mean, you have a you have a you have one of your talks. You do breakfast, uh, chocolate for breakfast. I remember that one. Right. And then what's the an RX RS RX laughter is the prescription for survival. So well, one I, that I just did this past week at a synagogue, and we got a tremendous turnout, which was great because the first the talk before mine got only seven people, and mine got fifty one. It was great, right? It was called chocolate. Ver sex versus chocolate and the winner is and i always take a vote afterwards <laughs> and what's really funny is the older groups the one that wins is chocolate always and people will say to me sex what is that <laughs> well right? that's a whole other topic which by more the way, of the men are are choosing sex the men choose sex but by the way Joyce, you can look back into our season two because this is already season three. I'm um, launching it with this friendship series. But if you look back in season two, there's a two-part episode on wise women talk about sex and aging. And those women, including Joyce on that panel, still love sex. So don't get discouraged that older people are more voting for chocolate. I mean, you know, I like dark chocolate once in a while. I just don't have a big sweet tooth. For me, it would be French fries. Like, I can't give up my French fries every so often. That's like my thing. But, you know, I it is true, the little joys. And then, and then, and sharing them over friendship. Like, when we eat and when we're having joy around that, so you're saying friends plus chocolate, unless you're having sex with your friends, you could be having a lot of joy with your friends having chocolate. Right, right. Or French fries or a, a ice cream sundae. And, you know, I love the fact that we, 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 the experiences we have of enjoying the senses and enjoying how we are in life, bringing out the best of ourselves with a friend. So I don't know if you have any examples like that. I mean, you know, like what has brought out some of the stories or the moments that you feel like you've been most alive with your friends? Well, I, I think obviously they would be different for each person. I mean, I have some friends and a daughter who I make a point of talking to her about her dog, who is, she has no children. And the most important, other than her partner, her most important person is Daisy. So I write notes about Daisy and I include Daisy when I send gifts to them. <laughs> I always make out the check to Beth and Daisy, you know, because that brings her great joy and she can tell Daisy anything. And Daisy is always loving and caring, which, only a dog can be because sometimes a human being will get annoyed at you <laughs> or something that you might be sharing. One oh, of the things dog, dogs are men's best friend. I love that you brought Absolutely. this up. Absolutely. And women's. And women's. And women's. Well, not right? I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
I don't have a big group of friends, but I do have three or four people who probably don't want me to die. I love that. And I read this quote, I said, yeah, that's it. Other people don't really care if you come or go. You know, and I, I have to say here again, living in an adult community, when I come back after six months living in Connecticut, when I come back here, many people have moved. They have moved to assisted living. Some have passed away. Some are now in wheelchairs and can't participate in some of the activities. It is a very different thing. And I say to myself, well, you know, this. I'm going to give you an example of this. Back when I first started coming to Florida half a year, which was 20 years ago when we bought this house, 20 years ago, on the way to the auto train with Kopi, I said to him, you know, I really worry about which of our friends' parents dying would I have to fly home to Connecticut to attend the funeral? I don't say that anymore. Now I worry no matter where I am, whether I'm in Connecticut or in Florida, which of my friends, God forbid, die, will I fly home for a funeral? And there are the people who are really close friends of mine, I would have to fly home for the funeral, whichever home I was in. All right, so that, I mean, I guess if you're looking for a serious test of how significant is a relationship, that is certainly one of the tests. All right. Yeah, that's and that you know, the people who really care one way or another, the people who have gone from this community, I'm sorry, but none of them were my close friends. I have only two very close friends here in this very community that would I would have to concern myself about. Well, and it's also not always a measurement of measure of numbers. I mean, you know, where I mean, showing up, you hope that you would also show up for their 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 joy and their their weddings or their kids weddings. And yes. I like to believe that rather than waiting till somebody passes away, as you know, and we even did a collection of of stories together, there was one of the stories called the eulogy party. And the idea that before we pass away, we express these things to our friends. Right. So so we I know that you and I both do that in writing, in expression, yeah. in the way we discuss things, that we don't hold anything back about how much we love and appreciate the things about our friends. So that's the most important thing I want to make sure to convey repeatedly in this series is that we're not waiting for the funeral to measure whether that person is, is of measure to us. And and just a, a increasing our awareness about that gratitude and appreciation and what we get from them, like any other muscle, you're opening your heart more and then the muscle of the heart opens even more because you're practicing gratitude. Right. You're practicing expression. You're practicing that level of expression of love that you know that as we grow to know how important it is and that it, it sustains us. I mean, you've been talking about, you know, laughter as a as as this as a survival tool. And so I'd love you to give us a little bit of that because it's one of my favorite first talks of yours. That that why and so the and so when friends can laugh, we know that they're we 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 feel in a visceral way that. I just feel so happy and alive and I love you so much when you, when you have that laughter in you. Right. 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 Well, when we can laugh, well, there are two separate issues here. One, we know physiologically every good thing happens in your body when you're laughing. And by the way, many of those also happen. The production of oxytocin or the feel good hormones in our bodies, they happen not only from laughter, but also from chocolate and also from sex. Yes, I couldn't amen. believe it when I was doing all this research. All the things I love are contained in the same elements. <laughs> Laughter, eating chocolate, and having sex. 
So I recommend if you can do all three with a friend, you're in the most perfect shape of all. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> okay, so that's part of your, I mean, I know your talk goes into so many great things. I love, um, I love that when we, how do we get rid of negative people? And I actually think that that's a good part to, to I love when you use a little, you know, the straw or whatever you, you talk about. I, you had a little funny thing you used to say about, about you sprinkle a little bit of this here and you sprinkle negativity. Like I forgot how you phrased it, but it was well, always when I talk about avoiding energy suckers. Right. Right. That one of the things, and here again, it is most important when people get to be my age, because you have less time coming. You know, even if we were to live till 120, then I have only really 41 years left. That's not that long. Right. So I will tell you without a doubt, if there's something you want to do, do it now. I have a bumper sticker in my cabinet. So when I open up the cabinet, I see this bumper sticker, which says, don't postpone joy, right? The time to have a good time. Honey, by the way, you're on YouTube here. The time to have fun, the time to get together with friends, the time to see the things you want to see, go on the trips you want to travel on. We had friends over here last night for dessert, of course because we always have five flavors of ice cream at all times. And they were here for dessert and talking about how um, how many of their friends said, when I retire, I'm going to want to go to here and there and there and there. And when the person retired, he died. Right. That's you don't wait until the perfect time until you have just the right amount of money till the kids are all settled till the house is clean enough. Do something you really want to do. Do it now. Now is the time. Don't postpone joy. Amen. I mean, that's how I live my life, as you know. And and I'm so excited. Actually, you don't even know this, but we just got an RV. So it's uh, so yeah. So we will that that's that's been one of the dreams of Amir. And so it's finally happening. And and as his business, we hope can uh, be less intense and stressful for him. We can get on the road and have and have fun with music like we love to do and follow yeah. the music and the kids can join us in different places. So we're very excited about that. So we're just, you know, we we just, we have, and we see it as a way to make new friends. And so friendships can come from anywhere. I do believe that we overlabel it with, that it has to be a real or a, a specific or an older friend or somebody who lives closer. Sometimes the friend that you make in that moment brings you so much joy for that reason that you can call them this, you know, whether you're in touch with them forever or not. I speak to some of these dear people that have really sparked something in me, not all the time, but we come right back to this joy that we have together. So it's not a measure. I don't know that we can measure it. And so I do wonder how you feel about like that. It's not, I mean, I love the fact that sometimes some friends show up every morning for to cheer you up and that you have that one friend to rely on. But that it's not a linear equation. Friendship is, it's just not a linear equation. Well, there are not a lot of things that we have to measure. What you're talking about is being able to measure either by the number of years or the number of hours you spend together or how long have you known each other. That the measure is really not the issue, which is why I am equally excited to meet a new person and feel a connection as to see somebody that I saw last year and the year before who may or may not remember, and how important is that? What's really the most important thing is now. Now, what I'm most thrilled about in my own life is that my now often contains some of my very good friends. And that's why if you come and visit Florida, I will want to see you now at that time. And when 
um, other friends of mine, I'm hoping that one of my very close friends, Joanne, the person I'm talking about, when she and Mike come, I want them to spend a month here because they are marvelous to have around. And it's not like I have to take extra care of them. I just have time to spend together. So it's all celebrating life is what this is about. And there is nothing better than friendship to help you celebrate life. That is the best quote. And you did it. And I knew that. And and you know what? But oxytocin, it is again, we'll talk about it for a moment because I always feel like there's almost like a romance in a new friendship. And it's not like I have to look for new ones all the time, but when they, they happen to appear, like you just said, you can't measure that by a new friend. There's almost like a new energy that you're finding yourself by that excitement and seeing in and and there and so it is a little bit of a romance. I I tend to say that because even if it's not a physical romance, there's like an excitement. It's that oxytocin. And when you meet somebody new that sees a new side of you, being open, that open-heartedness is what keeps up me vital. Of, of wow, who can I meet today? And what cur- how curious can I be about the way I can connect to someone? So I feel like both of us have lived this wonderful that we live these lives of of opening to friendships and and they never know where they, we don't know where they take us. So I just love the celebration you bring to it. And and if there's anything else you'd like to do before we close or say about friendship, I, any other few quotes you'd like to leave us with? There is not a right word for friendship. There needs to be a word that implies the real importance of friendship as the singular most important element that a person can have in their life. So friendship, you know, ships, they come and they go. And I guess some friendships do come and go, but I don't think that's true for the ones that really, really count. I think there needs to be a word that, you know, like we have words for husbands, for wives, for, you know, I have H-E for a a husband equivalent. (laughs) We have partners. We have all kinds of terms for important relationships. But to me, because friendship goes from anything like what we talked about before, you know, like friends who you make for the moment, friends, and as you said early on, you know, friends forever. But there needs to be a word that implies that this is one step beneath God. The relationship that you have with God, which is highly spiritual and highly taken care of and highly creative and all the things that I connect with my feelings about God, I connect them just on a slightly lower level to real friends. What a beautiful way to end it, because that's so true. It's so beyond words. We are so beyond words. And so even looking at you right now, I just feel this gratitude in my heart. Like, I just love you so much. And I'm so happy you're here. I love you so much, Tessa. (laughs) So thank you for this time so much today, Joyce. Tessa, it's uh, evident that the theme of friendship uh, the, with the interviews that you've done, and uh, we see the same, the same thread, the same theme continues. It's the loyalty, it's the vulnerability, and Joyce have, was just right on with great humor. Uh, so I really liked that interview. I'm so glad. I think that we will have a lot of light shed on different. I would even say expanding values on friendship um, in different ways from so many different vantage points that I think people will really, I'm learning so much about friendship, even though I thought I was this expert because friends are so important to me. But I love how she talks about really the, and she lightens up 
the topic in such a way, even knowing that this is our last act of life and why friendships are so important to hold the sorrow and the joy, right? Yeah, for me it was uh, don't postpone joy. Don't postpone joy with your friends. Don't postpone any joy that's got coming because if you continue uh, to... Uh, fight not dying that's not the way to live yeah people who who, who don't want to die she doesn't understand <laughs> so she says you know that they, they live to prevent dying and she says it's just a stupid way to live you know live not to prevent dying live to live and so friends are such a big part of that and and i love how she talks about laughter because as you know and and there's a great famous quote of laughter is the shortest distance between two people it's evident that Joyce is a very, very loyal friend, and she expects the same from her friends. The one that can call her at 4 a.m. and the one that she can call at 4 a.m. are her true friends and the one that she will definitely attend the funeral of. I do remember her saying when we first got close as a new family to her, she was like, oh, shit, I'm going to go to Florida, and then there's another family I would travel for, like for, the, for, for any tragedy. Like, it was a very sweet kind of like acknowledgement of that even though we were relatively newer friends in her life, which maybe that's not the case now, 15 years later. Um, and she just teaches us so much by the way she lives such a full, joyful life. Like she says, not to worry about eating eating the things you want to eat. I mean, obviously everything's in moderation, but having the sex you want to have and having as many friends that fill you all the time. There's certainly a lot to be learned, the way she treats friends and the way she expects friends to be with her. And I'm learning. I'm learning how to develop friends in this openness, this stage of my life. And you'll hear about that more as we progress and continue. I actually want to say that I think it's a very male quality, which is why males sometimes have had a harder time with friendship. And I know you've been opening that side of you and you'll be one of our, our my interviews as well on that topic for male friendship. But I would say that you, you, the words that we sometimes use about expecting is kind of the antithesis of what I think you're learning as you, as you make new friendships. Not to expect. Exactly. And yet, and yet to just bring yourself and let them bring themselves to show up. Exactly. And, and, and it's happening. open to that. Yeah, not and it's to happening. expect. Yes. So that's, that's what I want to qualify. Anyway, more on that as we continue with our friendship series on the Open Nesters in the next few weeks to come. So keep on listening as uh, we continue to cover friendship at the Open Nesters stage. And don't forget to go to our website, theopennesters.com, the double N in the middle, S at the end, to leave us comments. Tell us what you like to hear about. And uh, what else? Please? Subscribe. Subscribe to subscribe, the e-letter because yeah. as the friendship series develops, and as I've been talking about in many of the different episodes, I'm working on an e-book. It's kind of my new thesis, this research. And you will have all kinds of great friendship tips coming your way and techniques and things that you can do to shift and open at this stage of the open nester life if you subscribe to our newsletter on the website and you can also just please subscribe to us on podcast platforms and follow us on instagram and join any conversation in our closed facebook group and thank you for sharing these episodes and thank you for listening we are now in season three well on underway and it's all thanks to you so thank you Till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao. You have been listening to the Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive Producer, Tessa Crone. 
Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio engineering by Lucid Sound. Web design and blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.